Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Boys in the Zone. I'm EJ Savage, and uh, brutal loss uh, this Sunday. Uh, Got to shout out the Grid Network. I'm officially part of that now, um, and these two guys with me here are also part of the Grid Network, and they run a very good show uh, with their other co-host, um, Anth. Uh, but ju- yeah, just shout out your guys' socials real quick, and uh, well, we'll get rocking. Well, first off, thanks for having us on here. Two of the the, the tag team champions of the world, as we Man like wagon to say, boys. Bandwagon boys in the house. Uh, yeah, we represent Cowboys Can Fan at Cowboy Cowboys Can Fan on all social media platforms. Coming to you live every Wednesday and Sunday, or anytime the Cowboys play, we do live play by play reactions, and then we do our our weekly show called Wednesday Night Main Event. Mm-hmm. And, and ma- we got we matched up, and we matched up we're, colors without even trying. We're color rushing our colors yeah. right now. Oh, so. Yo, I, I mean, I didn't get the memo, but hey, yeah, it's all right. We'll rock it. Um, well, I mean, thirty-one to ten, and really the the lat the only touchdown of the game for the Cowboys came in garbage time with the uh, CD Lamb rush. Um, guys, just walk me through what you were thinking during that game, um, and what we can kind of build on going forward against the Dolphins this weekend. Oh, see that we kind of both eyeball each other. Since I don't have like usually, yeah. I'm, I'm in a bunch of stuff, so Alex gets free reign to just answer and jump in, and then I, I'll kind of forget what's going on. But since I'm like totally here for the conversation, I'm ready to jump in before him. I mean, going into the game, we were excited. We had Cowboy Chris uh, or Dallas Cowboys Chris. He flew actually out from Arlington. He lives five minutes away from AT and T Stadium, and he flew out up flew up here to Canada or down here to Canada or up here to Canada, however you want to look at it um it's up here to canada it's always up uh he flew up here to canada and he came live in the studio so like we were going into this weekend supercharged bills have had you know predominantly a pretty you know terrible uh experience this year that not a great record so we felt confident that we were gonna we were gonna win it so the atmosphere for us going into that game was like here we go we threw all of our bets down we we thought it was a for sure for sure win yeah, it, I throughout the whole game, I kept thinking, okay, the Cowboys are going to turn it around, but there was just something in the back of my mind or in the middle of my stomach that just told me, uh, like, this was going to be a, one of those uh-oh games. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we hit halftime, I think down 21 to to 3, whatever the score was at that something 24. Something along those lines. Something along those lines. It was still reachable because we were going to get the ball back at half, so it, it kept that hope alive. But realistically, the Cowboys never were playing in a way that really gave me a reason, a reasonable reason to be uh, confident that they were going to turn that ship around. I kept saying it. It just did not happen. And I, I shouldn't say for lack of like effort on on Dak's part. I know people might call me a, a Dak rider. It, it it just looked like his, his timing or what with his receivers or even maybe just his mental decision making was just off. Um, but I did see like there was, you know, one of the comments online was lack of effort, uh, from the, from the players at times. And I certainly saw that, but it didn't really stand out with me for Dak or a few other players out there. So, uh, maybe I missed that, but, um, you you know, got to go on to Miami. Yeah. I think that just during the game for me, um, I, I felt like weary going into it because I, even on my last show, I was like, 
Buffalo's backs are against the wall. I hate playing teams when when they're they feel the need to win more so than they um, are worried about losing. You know, and yeah. um, they were playing at their house. And I said all week, I was like, if you get good Josh Allen, you might lose this game. Josh Allen threw 15 passes and wasn't even 50. percent um, And and that's just a testament to the the trench play of their offensive line. Those combo blocks were. Uh, perfect all night and not only were the combo blocks good but after they sealed that block they got up to the next level their outside zone scheme uh, running the ball was amazing I think I saw nine yards average on outside runs for um, Cook so that I'm mean, just right there like nine yards on average that's a first down every single time you get the ball outside um, and that's just you're not going to win like that and then the Cowboys were having success running the ball early on in the game, but once the game got out of hand, then the Bills just sunk back into that cover two and really dropped their linebackers, clogging up all the passing lanes and forcing you to throw underneath. And at that point, it was balls were you know bouncing off people's hands before they secured the catch, and then there was a linebacker tackling them within you know a second of uh, them 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 catching the ball. Um, so yeah, it was just all phases of the game were poor. Um, I think that we can go more into detail on some of the things, and I asked Twitter about this, is like, what are your main concerns um, with this team moving forward? What is um, some of the things that you're excited about moving forward, et cetera? Um, but, man, we'll, we'll get into it. I got to shout out chat real quick. Uh, the Grid Network in here, my boy shouts to everyone. Uh, so we got to watch our mouths, guys. 12 is in the building. Um uh, Kilo C, what up, fellas? Um, oh, our boy Kilo. Kilo is a, a longtime Can fan uh, participant and, and the moderator for you guys. So we got to shout mod. out Kilo. Um, it's our boy. I don't have his drop, but I mean, I I'll have to get it for you, Kilo. Uh, Ultra Cowboy in the building. Uh, they need to bench curse. Strong statement out the gate. Um, Lacey teams always play. <laughs> teams always play Dallas harder than anyone else. I agree. And then engineered psycho. I'm here. First show had a great conversation on X today. Cowboys nation. Um, so I got to shout everybody out right there. Uh, but, but just moving straight into ultras, uh, comment, uh, they need to bench, bench curse, move bell to curse's position and start Evans at the bell position. Um, which yeah, is that, I mean that, that will, when you look at, I think we were all on this bell high for most of the season so far. Mm -hmm. And we were saying, no, uh, LVE goes down. You would have never seen bell come into this position, but it definitely exposed, you know, what is he? 200 some odd pounds, like a yeah. 200 pound linebacker is getting dummied on, on those runs. And I, and that's my biggest, you know, we talked a little bit about what we're concerned about that right now is my, uh, is even bigger concern. Alex has been one of the biggest advocates on our, on our show about, that linebacker position, that linebacker position. I think the last couple of weeks we've skirted past that issue because Bell's been playing phenomenal and no one's really been attacking us on the run the way that the Bills have attacked us on the run. And now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, look at Dallas. Dallas is exposed right now because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. AJ, you want to I, talk I, to that? Talk about that. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about, about Bell. Like everyone has, like this was more of a, a group dropping the ball type of effort. Yeah, so yeah. you also mentioned earlier about those outside runs and, and I don't know how much um, that's bell getting smashed up the middle either. So I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Right. I'm saying, I'm block, saying like, block, blocking wise, you have these linemen who are, who are able to clinch up on a 200 pound uh, middle linebacker and allow cook to cook. Well, the weird thing about the outside 
outside runs is you'd think with smaller linebackers, you should have faster sideline to sideline players. Mm -hmm. And it was the opposite. Like they were gashing us um, more so on the outside, but the the inside runs were still going for six yards a pop. Um, So it's one of those things when you're playing so much nickel uh, for anybody that doesn't know what nickel is, that just means five defensive backs. So that's safety and corners combined. Um, And then they're not even attributing um, the 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 safeties that are playing linebacker for us as well. So we probably had six DBs, uh, true DBs on the field, and possibly seven at some times, which is crazy. And the only thing uh, Dan Quinn really did to combat that was just put five on the line. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because the the five up front for the Bills was just manhandling our guys. I, I don't think that I saw anybody really win a true pass uh, pass rush rep um, all night. I mean, other than Micah Parsons exploding and, and, and forcing that uh, incompletion by Josh Allen really early in the game, I just think that they they had their heads kind of, you know, spinning, um, which is sad because I was excited for the possibility of, hey, you guys can't beat good teams. We go and beat the Seattle Seahawks. You can't beat uh, good teams that are above 500. So we go and beat the the Eagles. And this was a test of, hey, this Buffalo team is a good team. They've had some 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 rough games, but this is at their house. They're five and two at their house, six and two now. But they're a different team at home, kind of like the Cowboys are. Um, yep. So it was another chance to kind of exercise some demons and and show the world, like, hey, we're on a six game win streak, and we can beat the good teams too. And that just didn't happen. I am going to bring up a point by uh, Ultra. He says, Dak in the rain thus far this season, four games, and he's thrown for zero t- touchdowns. Terrible in the rain, uh, which is an interesting point. Um, That's why he changed his name from Rain Dakota Prescott to just Dakota or Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, that's a good one. Um, then uh, Kilo says, uh, Dan needs to change up some of the things during the game, and I completely agree. I think that so many times um, in the past um, fans would be super quick to call Kellen Moore out for his, um, you know, lack of adjustments in game. And I think we saw that with Dan, Dan Quinn and everybody praised him for moving Gilmore uh, with DK uh, in that second half of the Seattle game. But you didn't do anything to combat the run game of the Bills all game. And um, I think that you kind of saw it early on in the game. The Bills ran. They scored the touchdown first. Um and I think they came back and scored another touchdown, primarily running the game, uh, running the ball. But then they went more to the pass a little bit. Those next two drives, and they were like, "Shoot, we're not doing good. Go back to the run." And then from there, it was just run, 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 pass, run, 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 pass. Yeah. And um, it just kind of it, it snowballed. And um, you know, that's one of the things with the game is sometimes you get a team that for whatever the reason you thought that they were going to do one thing in a game going into it and you game planned all of that, that whole entire week for the pass. And then they flip it all on its head and go heavy run. Um, that's just where I want to see the more adjustments during halftime. What did you guys think about that? Well, I think absolutely that that's been kind of the upside with the offense or sorry, with, with uh, Mike uh, McCarthy and, and Dan Quinn, I should say, uh, but just both the coaches making adjustments at halftime typically it's been with more with defense that i've i've really seen it so that's what that's why you know going into this halftime getting receiving the ball 
down by three scores, but one of them could be a kick. So, um, you know, I felt, okay, this is where we are going to make the adjustments and come back. The scary thing is, is either they, uh, the, either the adjustments were the wrong ones or not good enough, or the coach coaching staff doesn't have the ability to, to figure it out if a team decides to run on us like they did, or they do, but we just don't have the personnel available. So either way, the, the answer is not really like a positive outlook for that scenario. And teams are going to see kind of like an, the, the easy um, way, the easy map to beating the Cowboys is like, well, just if they're all stacked up front, just run outside. And if they're all, and if they're not stacked up front, just run up the gut. If that's the, the recipe for beating the Cowboys, it's really nothing revolutionary. A lot of teams are going to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, like, you just brought like the the inability for us to make those positional changes when stuff's not going right and maybe it's a little bit of that old school mentality alex has brought up a couple times on our show like how he he is a fan of a lot of the new school ocs and some of these new school coaches in, in terms of bringing in different schemes and different plays and they're adapting to the game the game's evolving and and sometimes i mean it, you know yeah it's a concerning thing where we we can dominate these under 500 teams but when we get up uh, against a good team and we're not making those types of changes and you're just like well i guess we're gonna just wait till next game like yeah. it's not it's not acceptable like no n when your players when something's not happening it's like you got to shake something up like chain put michael parsons in in a linebacker role shift someone around move curse off put you know like do something like it's not whatever yeah. we're doing now is not working well I'd chuck it up to, and, and I'll propose this question for, for chat and you guys. Do you think that this is more about players, coaching staff, or the front office? Because um, if you look at kind of the Kansas City Chiefs problems right now, it's with the wide receivers. And they, for whatever reason, they didn't make a move at the trade deadline other than, you know, a, a minor move. Um, but you saw it is is it kind of kept creeping back up, and it was like, well, we're still winning. Like it, it hasn't bit us yet. Like uh, at some point, you have to realize you have a problem, and then make the uh, move to go and fix it. It's a it's a little bit of malpractice uh, from the front office, in my opinion, with the linebacker role. Um, early on in the season, you lose Overshone, then LVE goes down, and you try to you try to cope with that by signing a guy off the sheets, streets and uh, Rashawn Evans. Um, however, you could have had probably a decently good linebacker on the trade block if you really would have searched for it. And I think that, that would have paid dividends because when you get to this point in the season where you don't have a big linebacker and you need to stop the run, you can implement that guy into the lineup and he's already fresh and kind of has a uh, grasp on the defense and what we want to do versus moving a guy who tra traditionally plays safety to the linebacker role and um, expecting him to be able to hold up and run fits and, and really shoot gaps like he's supposed to. Um, so, yeah, just, mm. just what's your thoughts on that? Well, oh, the overshown and, and LVE injuries were definitely huge. And even before that, um, you know, say before overshown showed up and showed out, out to be to look like a very promising player, we have unfortunately didn't really get to see that pan out we already thought they were pretty light on on uh, the linebacker position mm -hmm. uh but again it was just that hope and pray and and technically you only need really two starting linebackers for the cowboys you know and so um 
because you got Michael Parsons out there playing kind of that hybrid, that hybrid role. Yeah. So, so I think they thought, oh, we can get away with this. They probably had the plan in the back pocket. Well, and if Lord help us, one of them goes down, at least we can test out Bell or, you know, another uh, a player there. But of course that we ended up losing both of them and yeah, not making a move. I think that comes down to the head office. They do make good decisions with picks. And my bet is that sure. They probably was some things available. It was just too rich and maybe they weren't willing to like go into some deep, deeper negotiate negotiations with them for that. Right. But if it was anything, say over a fourth round or a fourth round in, in, or lower, uh first second third or fourth i just don't think jerry is willing to give that up i think he looks at those as too much like like gold to give up for a a linebacker now of course there's always someone out there who's worth a first round pick but who you know i don't know who who would have been out there on people's um board like who they could have got because i would have certainly traded a third round and maybe even a second round pick uh this year or sorry next year or the the year after whatever what the furthest year away i could take to bring someone on even if it was just for a two-year for sure contract and then hopefully extend them like a young a young linebacker but at the end of the day I mean it's just not going to happen and yeah the move to go get Rashawn Evans is very Jerry Jones like you know he will look for he'll look for the guy who everyone will lie to themselves and say oh okay this is going to solve the problem yeah (laughs) just just to save uh save face for a week because because you know if we're not going to draft people we're not going to go out and make blockbuster trades in order to to kind of shore up the team you know the the thing that you you asked if it was a personnel issue or if it was a player um probably a bit of both i mean if you look at going into these road games and like there's a there the and the same type of energy isn't there it seems to the road games as they are to our home games yeah. and even when you cut to the sideline obviously this is just just watching as fans on the TV and they're they're finding the shots of CeeDee Lamb looking disinterested or Micah Parsons looking disinterested on the sidelines. A bad play happens, but you don't, when they're winning and you watch the si- sounds of the sidelines and you're like, well, oh, this team, they're jacked up. You hear D-Law um, going through and, and like amping people up. You got Fergie, everyone's having a good time and, and people seem vocal, but when we're losing, we don't ever get to see those sa- sounds of the sidelines. All we get to see is the cutaway shots to you know, everybody's sitting in the rain looking like someone just took away their toy for for being bad. And that is a little bit of a concern. It's like, where's that energy when you're losing? Like, get that fire in you, get, like, figure it out as a team. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I Again, they're professional athletes. They get paid a lot of money to do this. They have their own systems and ways. They've <clears> lost <throat> before. So, you know, maybe that's just how they cope with it. So, but just from the eyeball test, you, it's hard. You're hard pressed to not look at it as someone and be like, like they don't even look like they give a give a rip about losing this game here. Yeah, yeah. I think that fans have a idea in their head that tells them that like, hey, you you're in the position. You need to be more mad about this, or you need to be more excited about. It. Like, really, at the at the end of the day, it's it's a job for these guys too. And um, you don't wake up every single day and go to your job with a smile on your face. Same thing. You you might not always wake up and. Uh, be miserable at your job sometimes you have good days sometimes you have bad days and this was a bad day collectively for the Dallas Cowboys and don't they realize that we all have fantasy football riding on there this <laughs> yeah, game yeah. I didn't get like how get come on guys <laughs> yeah um well, I will bring up this cook, from... or cook listened yeah 
Yeah, Cook. Oh, yeah, that dude. James Cook. James, James <laughs> um, Cook. Not Brandon. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Anth is saying, what up, fellas? 17 missed tackles versus the Bill. That's the most since 2020 when the Cowboys had a historically bad defense, and that was only 13. Let that sink in, um, which I think is kind of what you alluded to earlier in the chat yeah. uh, off cam. Um adds but um yeah i mean 17 missed tackle you're i mean i think there's like a um unspoken saying um you know in in football buildings it's like if we just tackle really good don't allow any yards after the catch we'll have a middle of the pack defense just specifically on not missing tackles and um the cowboys are traditionally very very good at tackling and wrapping up and i don't know if it was the rain i don't know if it was just the we're getting pound, We're getting punched in the mouth mouth by their offensive linemen and their tight ends that are pulling. Um, but the Bills, well, we were had used... we had we had great weather for most of the game. It wasn't until like in a little bit into the third that the rain started to really come down. So yeah. it was a big portion of the game that weather was on our side. Well, it was a light drizzle, but I mean, and and that can play a factor in in you know some of those arm tackles missing, but. I, Overall, you expect your guys to be a good tackling team because traditionally they are. And uh, we, you know, for whatever reason, I think that a lot of the times some of those tackles are them kind of just reaching out even though they're completely blocked and getting pushed out of the play and trying to make a tackle and they're really not in position to make a tackle. And then just not shooting gaps from our linebackers has just been big. Um, I won't go to the extent of Ultra saying that Curse has been garbage. <laughs> But Curse hasn't been good. I mean, the first year Curse was here was his best year. Second year, a little bit hampered by injuries, was decent. And this year, he's had, he's been very, very up and down. He's had some pretty good games, but for the most part, he has been bad. And he's had uh, a lot of undisciplined games too, where he's caused us some 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 decent penalties. Well, that's that's the other big thing I want to bring up is the penalties have been huge all season. The Cowboys are the number one penalized team in the league. We've had, we only had five penalties this past game, but all of them came at untimely manners in the game. The roughing the passer with Josh Allen, <clears throat> you've got to know as, as Demarcus uh, Lawrence, just don't touch him. You already sealed it. It's a third down. He's throwing it out of the back of the end zone. Just why do you need to touch him? He's a big dude. That, that little touch isn't going to do anything to his confidence um, at all. Mm-hmm. And then... The um the design by John Fossil to draw up that uh, punt block, perfect. The execution of it by Sam Williams, terrible. He yeah. didn't have to jump. He he could have just literally dove and blocked that, like straight at the guy's yep. foot and blocked it. Yep. And it would have gave either A, an automatic touchdown, or B, a short field for our already struggling offense. Um, and then the... Um, the Zach Martin one, which I, I kind of like, okay, you defended your quarterback, but that gets that big gain, and then you tackling the extra 15 yards, that puts us um, within their, their field, um, and, and probably we're going to score on that because we feel good about how the drive has gone. And then you talk about the big run by Pollard that gets erased by a late penalty, a Tyler Smith hold, and that's four of the penalties I can think of. One of the, obviously, the offsetting one with Zach Martin, Trying to think of the other ones. Well, and the Zach Martin one, I think we, I mean. We're, oh, the Jalen like, Curse. The I like seeing the Zach Martin one, but the fact is, is like, unless you're, the rest of the team is going to start to rise to that type of uh, physicality, like, then it, now it's pointless. My thing is, like, Zach Martin, I appreciate he's going, he, he's ride or die for his quarterback, but you don't have to come in there and hit that dude down. Just, 
just come in there and say what he said, you mother effer. Uh, you know, don't touch my quarterback or next time you're going to pay or whatever, you know, but you don't have to get the flag by hitting him down. And then uh, the other big one was the J-Ron curse, uh, bomb on the defenseless receiver. I thought that one was very tic-tac-y. I didn't see a helmet-to-helmet hit or whatever. I think that he led with his shoulder. Um, but all of those were super untimely. I think that three of them came on third downs, and it, it extended a drive for the for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the punt <coughs> definitely, uh, you know, I don't knock Sam maybe as, as harshly uh, because he did break through, but I think he just had a moment of excitement and kind of went into a fight or flight mode and just ended up jumping instead of, like you said, he should have dived. So it was like, he's really actually been, the last couple of games anyways, has been standing out on, on special teams. So I would, I would hate to knock his confidence at all, but you're right. It's just like, have a little bit more thought uh, pre-snap to make it. So you're not really, so you're not going to make that bonehead type of move. Cause the block was there. You just hit X instead of a right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As for the the holding and the Zach Martin holding, I mean, whatever that's gonna happen in a game, and uh, I I won't knock I won't knock it once or once or twice uh, a month, right? <laughs> but if it's if it's gonna be something that continues to happen and and at the wrong time, that's gonna add up too much too often. Uh, hopefully something you know you can correct and uh, not have play out here for the rest of the season and. And yeah, Zach Martin, I agree. I, I, I think he was just coming over there. The guy was there. He stuck his chest out. Yeah, he's got a big fucking barrel chest and knocked the guy, the guy yeah. down. So yeah, and and yeah, but and I blame I blame the rain for Zach well, Martin sliding into him like that. Finally, the <laughs> uh, yeah, the curse penalty. Well, it's tough, but it is the NFL is so harsh on these hits. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. We saw, I think there was two this weekend. If I'm getting my my weeks correct, uh, but one of the one that stands out was the uh, the Indy on one. Saturday. Yeah, the, yeah, the, um, the Indianapolis Indianapolis so. player went to catch the ball against us. Uh, uh, shoot here, AJ, you're like, wasting was... your time watching the Indianapolis Colts game, bro. No, we was no. That was the night Big Chris just came in town. Big Chris messing around. Out to the pub. I had to go. To I know the, pub. the game was on. This is why yeah, I'm watching yeah. it. This is why I don't know their players. But anyways, people will know what I'm talking about. There was that. There was that hit, and that's a very tough one too. It looks. It looks really bad. But what I'm getting at here, just a little bit of a, a sidestep. Um, but go. it's around the, these types of penalties. It's like, how do we stop it then? Does the do the players then just have to like? allow the person to catch the ball in those scenarios like they, if the receiver is allowed to dive head first to catch a football why can't the defender also do the same move i don't yeah it's really yeah. tough for me right to understand now is it's it's like you can't hit them high where it's a possible uh call for helmet to helmet you can't hit them low or they're gonna flip and they're gonna scorpion themselves to use a yeah. ridiculousness term um and I mean, you literally have to just let them catch it and then tackle them. I, I don't understand what you're supposed to do there. Because um, even if you let them catch it and then pop them right away, that's going to be called an... Uh, I think that was the other... That was kind of the other one. I can't... Re- I don't remember the teams, but it, um, it was like a guy caught the ball, and the second he turned around, he got popped. Mm-hmm. That was shoulder to shoulder to the guy. Um, so no helmet to helmet and, and he got an, an uh, either a fine or an unsportsman. Like, I can't remember, but 
long story short, these happen every single week. And I, I just, I don't know. I think Micah Parsons tackles in the new school way where he's, you never, you rarely, and maybe this is good or bad, but you rarely see him like hop the quarterback. Even when he catches them, he usually grabs them, rolls them up and, and rolls them down. And, and I don't know if it's a better way of tackling, but it certainly avoids penalties more often than not. Then if you're just running into like cause damage. So it's a smarter way to tackle. And maybe that's just the direction that we're going to have to see defenses go into, or that's the way the NFL wants to. But in some scenarios, like I said, okay, the defense literally just says, okay, well, we got to forfeit this because I don't want the penalty. Uh, so we'll just let him catch it and touch him when he hits the ground. Yeah. I, uh, I think that and we might have got just disconnected. Hold on. Not sure exactly. Hopefully not. Um, it said reconnected, so hopefully we're still live. Um, anyways, um, I think that it, it, they got to figure that out. They got to figure, um, whether it is, um, basically just, just telling the, def the, the, the defensive player, like, Hey, this is the only place you can hit them. They got to just define the rule better because these, these flags are uh, untimely manners and, uh, it, it really hampers the excitement of a big hit like you in the early 2000s when you could still have big hits it was exciting to see that and yeah. it was it's it's one of those things that it's like you don't want your guy to get big hit but you don't want to get penalized for your guy wanting to make a you know a statement hit on somebody else sure. you got to find the happy medium between the two and um you know whatever that might be you got to figure it out um I wanted to bring up a chat right here. Um, someone says, uh, where is that at? Oh, uh, Big Mike was pissed off at John Fossil for that punt block call situational football. Um, he did not, he, he did not um, okay that is what Ultra said. Oh, uh, yeah, the situational football is what Ultra Ultra loves to say situational football. <clears throat> Players yeah. making dumb, 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 same players making dumb uh, errors in the, in situational moments, I think is what he, he kept on saying. Chat, go ahead and uh, let us know if we're still live right now because my, my thing disconnected. So if we're not. Um, I, I, I checked EJ. It looked good. But, yeah, let's get some verification there. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Um, but then Ultra also brought up the the point of, uh, okay, yeah, they're they're all saying yes. So that's good. Sweet. Um, yeah, we live, just... baby. We live. We live. <laughs> we live on a Tuesday night with EJ Too Savage for you. Sorry. Let's go. Just... Um, Sometimes you just got to make a singing break, you know? Yeah. No, but um, where was that point by Ultra? You made a good point up here. Big, big uh, Mike was big. Mike was mad at Fossil for in that situational moment. Yeah, I think that. Ultra has a point there because as soon as it panned to to uh, Mike McCarthy and, and John Fossil, it it literally looked like Mike was like, "What the f, dude? Like, come on!" And I I want to say that he, uh, Sam Williams is has like seven penalties um, already, and four of them or five of them are on special teams. Yeah. And like, it's exciting to see a big edge defender be a gunner on a punt return and stuff like that. Uh, however, if it comes at the result of a lot of penalties. Yeah. That that needs to just be taken off the menu. I mean, it's it's not worth it. And I always said I would rather have a dog that's that's uh, aggressive and you got to pull him back a little bit than try to kick him out there to fight, you know. Um, but I I wonder with with our guys right now, especially Sam Williams, if he's more of a hindrance than than a actual help to the team. 
and mm. um, it's unfortunate because he has some talent. I just I right now it just doesn't seem like we can use him um, all that much. And then the lined up offsides has been a big problem for the defense. Um, my my theory there with with Sam Williams though is I think he wants to get out in the and, and play. Uh, he's he's put out some comments on uh, the social media. Can't remember which one, probably Twitter or something like that, where he's he's mentioned just like a little bit of a cryptic post, but not too cryptic. Where essentially he's saying, if I can paraphrase for the man, uh, like he wants to get out. There. So, yeah. Someone put a post Uncaged about the dog. His, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Someone put a post out about his uh, uh, his um, uh, ability to produce versus his the amount of snaps and like obviously at a higher rate of sacks or rushes, whatever the stat may be. Um, so I think he's got that in him. He wants to get out there and play. They gave him, a, gave him an opportunity on special teams and he's trying to make everything he can of it. He's just going a little too aggressive where he can't, um, especially when he's, you know, used to kind of meeting people within a foot and then, you know, uh, hunting down a quarterback or the or the uh, running back or whoever might have the football. Where in special teams, you're you're running all over the field, uh, so it's a little bit of a different aspect of football uh, for him, I'm sure. And it might, you know, he's just uh, a big boy and he's just laying people out. Or I mean, the offsides are definitely a, a, just a kind of bonehead issue. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I I I, I want to see the guy actually utilize those skills in his right position though it's it's tough when you have somebody who does feel like they have that energy and you want it you don't want to like you know mike mccarthy seems like he has lukewarm energy whenever you see him talking he's very like he gets to a certain level but he doesn't ever pass it it's like his yeah his energy yeah. level is capped he has like an alternator on it yeah so and and you got Harris as as uh, the DB coach. He looks like he gets amped up. John Fossil, uh, even though vasectomy Jones, uh, you know he he doesn't have any nuts. He still has the energy there. So I don't know. I mean, I yeah, the bad calls. I mean, you're you're right. There are times where I think we've said at least three times this season. Oh, you know Sam Williams. We like that. We just we 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 would hate if he second guessed mm -hmm. himself because we like to see that energy and. You know, it, maybe it is coming to the point where it's like, man, you just got to make, yeah, and, and focus up. All that yeah. being said, I think if the if the experiments, you know, had a couple weeks here, maybe it's done, and maybe you, uh, like I said, just try to play play him a little bit more than actually on the field. Yeah, yeah, and on special teams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Kai uh, yeah. one hundred one brings up a good point. How about the non challenge that that of that fumble? Uh, in the yeah. first half, oh. you still have two-minute warning. The Bills are hurrying to the line. Your players are giving you the signs that it was a fumble, which I don't know if I saw like an emphatic, like, that was a fumble, that was a fumble, and it happened on the far sideline. Um, so I kind of give some grace to uh, Big Mike for this one, but I'm interested in he, your guys' opinion. Yeah, it's the same thing with Big Mike. Like, you're there's a couple like so he had that dog of a challenge and to or timeout. What, uh, what was it? The other, uh, was it the Seahawks or was it the Eagles when they're it, they still scored a touchdown three in a row? Seahawks where he challenges it right at that moment, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to get a call back, like that's a touchdown cool. grab, yep. yeah, exactly. But in this situation, like when you have it like that and people are calling for it, like just go, go for it. I mean, you if you see the players running to it. You're probably yeah. not. You know, was it in the first half? Because he probably he didn't. We didn't use all of our timeouts in the first half. I I believe. No, 
My that, well, here here's my idea behind it is if you lose that, then you're possibly losing the chance to go back after they score the touchdown because they were driving like like uh, uh, Kai was saying. They were driving, but you lose your timeouts in your two-minute offense to try to execute and get some points before half, before or uh, um, and then you get the kickoff so you can go two for one. However, well, I see what you guys are saying. You, I mean, your team is reeling. You need something to help um, and and go your way. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. AJ, what was your thoughts on that, man? I'm just like, can you call a challenge after you call a timeout, and then they'll still just burn <clears throat> another timeout? Yes, you can. So that so that what I would have done in that moment is just called the timeout because you're right. I don't want to burn both my challenges or burn a challenge flag anyways. Right. Um, maybe they didn't need, maybe they weren't even aware. It's, I think it's hard to not be aware, but basically essentially give enough time to be able to see it up on the screen. And then if you know that it's a challenge and you, and you just call a timeout or if you know, then throw the, there the is, I know oh, for a fact, okay. there is a team up inside of the booth that specifically what they are trained to do is give a call down to the head coach or whoever handles the the um back and forth between those to tell the head coach hey throw your challenge this wasn't a completed pass this wasn't this this wasn't that those guys that's that's their entire job and so whoever's job it was up there to watch that play and get it reiterated down to big mike in that time allotted drop the ball they had to pull that up quickly, get the get the thing, and obviously you got like a five second um, delay between what you're actually seeing and and what not happens. But at the well, same time, you got to be on that. Yeah, we 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 did see it before they snapped the ball, so I can't imagine the net us on the network seeing it before a team could get to it. But let's say it was even a fifty fifty flip. I would, I would. Um, I don't know. I might just call the challenge because I don't really care about I, I hoping not to have to need three challenges. And then that reason is that burns a timeout anyway, stops it. We get to challenge it. If we win, if we win, we get the ball. Yeah. If we don't get it, if we lose it, okay, then we stop them from being able to just move up quickly on that drive. Got a little break. I don't think anybody would have called that a stupid challenge, even if like Let's say it, yeah. it suspect and you throw it and they're hurrying up. It's like, okay, here's why we did it. They're hurrying up to the well, line. I, I remember the crowd reacting on the TV like, whoa, um, I think. Well, I think maybe they, maybe they were. Well, I think as we were watching the replay, it, they were already cutting the ball, basically. So they moved pretty quick. Yeah, I can't remember now. I it, it was almost like a blur for us when it was happening. I, I was looking at AJ because AJ's our resident challenge throw he, he he carries our our red challenge uh our red challenge flag here i didn't throw it though he didn't throw it i should have yeah i think i, I was the only need to throw it and you're like i'm not doing it my thing is it's like hindsight's always 2020 um if you would have thrown it and it wasn't a fumble you waste your time out and then you go in your two minute and you're driving and then that gets um sacked and you don't get the field goal or um a, a touchdown or anything like that then you would have been like man that was a bad decision shouldn't have wasted your challenge blah 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 blah. same narrative opposite well, way well uh, it's just i hear what you're saying but think of it this way too and and this is now we're playing a game of what you throw the challenge you don't get it you you break momentum for the bills regardless and Solid. you give your team a break so everyone gets a chance to regroup so they don't call a challenge you still now altered what continued to happen there so yeah 
Like you, you like playing the game of what if. So like, okay, maybe they don't get the hey, well, field goal. We can agree though that what happened was not was not the right yes, path. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. That <laughs> so, that's not in question. I think that the bigger what if play of this entire game is the bomb to Brandon Cooks that oh, Dak mixed oh, missed early in the game. Oh, no, you could not. If you br- oh. if you if you get that, not only does it um you know go seven seven for the score, but it it allows your defense to be like, all right, yo. We're good. We got our offenses going. We're good. We just got to get stops. It also disallows the Bills to um, sit back in that that same look. And obviously that looks actually to stop the big play like that. Um, But, you know, it it shows them like, oh, okay, you know, they can pass on us. Like our game plan isn't as solid as what we thought. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that one was a big one. Um, That would have also... Sorry, yeah, EJ. That would have also forced they wouldn't be able to just run it. Like they they could sit back on the run a little bit more, and then yeah. they had the opportunities and bro and you know they, they you know they rolled the dice correctly. But they probably would have said, okay, we need to make some passes now because we can't we can't not score. Whereas it, you know, because of because the Cowboys weren't able to put any points on the board, the Bills were never behind, so they were never chasing anything. No, they were I know. Able to go at their own pace, and it happened to be a, a pace that just like dominated on the ground. So, Cowboys aren't great chasing, chasing the lead. Like, no. Yeah. If we're close, like the Seattle game, we were chasing the lead, and 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 we we overcame it. But like we're 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 down like that. It's like they start to it. They just get demoralized. Well, I'll tell you the one of the big big factors in that game was the crowd noise early on. I mean, you could hear it in the broadcast. It was loud in there, and that forced Cowboys, especially Dak, to go to a silent count and not be able to go here we go and get those guys in rhythm. That combated with the physical play of their corners outside. And then their linebackers just sinking back and their safeties just playing that zone. Um, and, and really, the Cowboys should have stuck to the run a little bit more, but we just got down and we, we couldn't. Um, so it was just an unfortunate event. It's, it's almost like how the Cowboys do other other teams, jump out to that early lead, get them into passing situations. That's where our um, team is really good at exploiting other teams. Um, Ultra uh, brings up this thought. Um, in 2024, I make Sam Williams my middle linebacker, 6'3", 255, and runs a 4'4". Pair him with Overshone. Um, he yeah. has, uh, um, what does he say? Faster version of Brian Erlacher, which is very, very high uh, praise I, for I, Sam Williams yeah. that hasn't shown that. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to trying that out if you want to. Um, shift him back into linebacker role and and see what you have. It's worked. It's worked good for uh, you with with shade taking a linebacker and moving them to an edge with Michael Parsons. So um, reverse that and and see if it can uh, kind of revitalize Sam Williams' career and just use him as a situational guy. Uh, as far as pass rush goes, that not a bad idea. Yeah, you see them be able to move on special teams. Like they're utilizing him in uh, like. Well, the gunner, you need to have a, you know, some some sort of speed to be able to be uh, useful in that position. Um, but I, uh, you know, Overshone, I think, is the guy who's who's really going to have the speed there. But so I don't really mind him being paired up with a bigger guy who might not have uh, that that elite speed. But the other question you got to ask then is, okay, but let's if we're looking forward that far ahead, and I, I don't want to get past the uh, important season at hand here. Yeah. But you know, we got some guys whose contracts might 
uh, like Demarcus Lawrence, he, you know, could be retiring in a year now if he chooses to hang up the cleats. Uh, I'm sure he'll be a Dallas Cowboy for life. But uh, yeah, you just got to consider that too, is Sam Williams may be more needed um, next year than this year. So that, well, yeah, that could change. That's solid. I mean, you talk about DA who's on a one-year contract. I think yeah. Fowler's on a one-year contact uh, tract. Marcus Lawrence. Those, those um, guys are maybe someone that those guys higher potential that they could be replaced on the in the free agency. Not saying that yeah, I would yeah, want to. Right. I, I I wouldn't want to, but just the the caliber is more readily available. But if if D Law decides to like I said hang on the boots or something like that, um, that is going to be much more difficult to replace well why not yeah. why not cycle between sam and micah's position so kind of if you're thinking of putting sam williams in in the linebacker role just alternate between sam williams and micah have sam williams move up to the line micah move back have sam move back have micah move up and kind of alternate them as these two hybrid players not saying that sam williams can replicate mm-hmm. what it does there's obvious i mean obviously the challenge with that is that if you do have maybe a less talented uh, hybrid person or someone who could you could put at any position on the field like Micah Parsons, they don't get into a rhythm of that spot. They can, you know, they don't, they don't. Uh, they I, don't... Think, I think Sam Williams too is just beaten out by Fowler and Armstrong. Yeah. I, well, my problem with, I, I think that in theory, moving Micah back to linebacker um, in game sounds good because he's played linebacker, but you have to understand the thought process of an edge rusher versus a linebacker an edge rusher they come up with their pass rush plan if they know it's a pass they they look at stuff and, and dictate okay i think this is a pass rpo so i got to be weary of the run right here they they decipher that in their head before the snap even comes off but when the snap does come off they're constant constantly trying to attack a linebacker has to read after the snap read what's happening in front of him shoot gaps and then react they're, they're not going forward 24-7 like a pass rusher. So to ask somebody to completely um, shift their entire thought process in-game is a lot harder harder to do than than what people just uh, think. So And yes, Micah has done it in the past, and I will argue that Micah isn't um, anywhere close to what he is at linebacker as he is at, at edge. Um, that's not to say that Micah is not a good Linebacker, I just think that he's an elite edge rusher, and therefore I would rather have him as an edge rusher because that's the more important position anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you tell me, hey, we're deeper at edge, let's move Micah back um, versus a team that's really going to pound it and we know that they're going to pound it, um, or say, hey, Micah, listen, if this happens again, you're our designated guy to go back to linebacker, so you always have to prepare, dual prepare throughout the week, sit in with the linebacker room, throughout the week and really understand what they're trying to do and their run game fits. And uh, that that's how you attack that, not middle of the game. Um, it, middle of the game, what should have happened is get out of the nickel package and put down put three traditional linebackers on the field. And if you don't have that many bodies, so you put Rashawn Evans, you put um, uh, Damone Clark, and then you use a bigger safety, whoever your biggest safety is. Donovan Wilson, I think, is the best at reading and reacting out of those guys or Marquise Bell, uh, but he's very slight. Um, and then going, saying to your corners, Gilmore, uh, Deron Blinn, we're going single high up top. You got to hold up in man to man. That's, we have to stop the run right now. And, and, just, I mean, and put eight in the box. 
Well, and yeah. and you said Don O'Dowd. That's some a name that we haven't really mentioned until now. He to me was the most physical player. It felt like on like when he showed up on those plays, like he he was making his tackles. He was he was a physical force out there. Yeah, so, yeah, adjusting adjusting it, and I guess possibly that's why. Um, you know, obviously, you you make a great point about the linebackers, and 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 are we going to see something like that moving forward based on this situation? Because you can't make that type of adjustment in game. It's like, well, great, we have a bigger problem moving into uh, moving into the playoffs because did we just give everybody the blueprint on how to beat us? I think that's like coming out of the Philly San Francisco game. There was a lot of oh, now here's the blueprint to beat Philly. Do did we just show everybody the blueprint to beat the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I'm gonna bring up this point by Anth up here. He says Cowboys gave up 220 sand. Pound sand. (laughs) Yeah, we can't bring them up. Uh, Cowboys gave up 222 rushing yards to Arizona, 170 to San Fran, uh, 266 to the Bills. Um, Every other game has been under 120. Cowboys need to get the early lead. That is their best defense against the run, and I completely agree. I think that. when we have get, got gassed in the run, it's teams jumping out to that early lead, and therefore it leads them to trying to milk the clock. And running that is just a result of um, doing that. And, and, and so especially against the slider linebackers and that nickel package that we love to run, um, it's it's tough sledding against the run. So the Cowboys really, this is my uh, game plan moving forward. Whatever the best 10 plays are for the week that you've been practicing all week, you go in there and you say, we want heads. If it drops on heads, you say, hey, we're taking the ball. You're going with your scripted plays. Whatever 10 best are your plays, and you're going and scoring seven quick on the board like that so that it doesn't even give them the chance to. And then you're telling, hey, defense, look, they're going to want to get these points back quick because we scored so fast. They're going to try to pass it. Be ready on first down for the run. Second and third, we're we're playing pass and we're getting in that nickel package. And then Deron, uh, uh, our guys up front, get to the quarterback. Deron, Gilmore, uh, get a pick, get something, a turnover to really put it on these guys. And that's my entire philosophy moving forward. Because if you get down again, this is exactly what's going to happen. The good teams, especially the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins have the best uh, run scheming coach in the league with Mike McDaniel. He was the run games uh, uh, coach there in San Francisco. He knows exactly what to do to exploit running game um, uh, woes for other teams. So you got to be on your P's and Q's uh, against the Dolphins this week, and you got to score early. Yeah, it's not scoring against the Dolphins won't be as difficult, uh, you know, unless it gets unless it's terribly hot. But luckily, it's a uh, I'm sure December in Miami is not too too warm. Nah, it should, Miami, it should be right? probably seventies. Yeah, I'd the road, road, road game in Miami. Yeah, so because I uh, I just saw a uh, a reel online about how hot that Miami stadium can get, and the Patriots have to bring down this special benches when they play. But anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, like, but but yeah, the, the, it's the offense who is just gonna who's able to just put it on us, uh, put it on you in multiple ways, right? So, um. Here's the thing is if you do end up solving the uh um running the running backs uh situation, now you have to de- deal with Tyreek Hill and the uh, Waddle, who just went off without him. So uh Hill's looks like he's gonna be strapped up and ready to go mm-hmm. this week. 
Um, yeah. doesn't matter yeah, because they, my fan, I lost to you in fantasy football last week and I had Hill. So it, it's very important that the boys get out there and, uh, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't really mind if they got the ball first and, and went down there and made a statement. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want I mean, what, if we're talking about Miami, like what Miami team's going to show up. I mean, they kind of had, they have a similar narrative to us this, uh, this year. They can't, they have struggle against teams above 500, but they put teams who are below 500 to bed, like bad. Mm-hmm. So they've been beaten before, you know, look at that tape. Uh, don't even don't even consider all the problems that we uh, had. There was nothing good to take away from this last game. Get your shit together. Sorry for the language. Get your team together and focus on what we need to do for the the Miami game because there was absolutely nothing but errors and uh, mistakes and nothing nothing to capitalize on it's like don't even build off of it you like completely throw that 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 bills game away i actually think the amount of pressure on that philadelphia game it's like that game uh everybody was going for and it's like now they're just what it took a week of exhaustion from just trying to prepare and and win that philadelphia game that we went in with no solid plan to uh buffalo like we can't i mean i'm thankfully it happened now and not in the playoffs, um, playoffs, you know, show what, yeah, playoffs, show the problems now so that we still have three weeks to correct it in a regular season. Yeah, yeah. We can't continue to, can, just because it was working on the sub 500 teams doesn't mean it's going to work moving forward into January. Like it's just, we, we, we can't rest on, on those laurels uh, of the season so far. Yeah. The, the truth is though, we did come off beating the Eagles in an impressive win. Yep. In, in a game where where the previous game they they uh, the Cowboys did correct a bunch of uh, things that allowed the Eagles to score. Now, okay, Eagles are in a three game losing slump and haven't been able to score. I don't know more than twenty something points, uh, low twenty points. Good. Uh, so you know maybe this is just their uh, their quick, San Francisco their, their quicksand part of the season. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's those two teams that hit the field. And they are the both. They are the Dallas Cowboys. Both both the team that played against the Eagles and both the team that played against the Bills. So, yeah, I think that another thing though to mention is like the Cowboys. They've won five of the last six. I mean, it's not sky isn't falling because of this one game. Cowboys haven't lost back to back games at all this season. Can't say the same thing about San Francisco. Can't same say the same thing about what. No, I was just saying, I looked at him because uh, we used to, at the start of the season, there was like a pattern, a win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss. So we're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. game. Um, so because, and we totally threw that out after they've been winning five. So I just was kind of making, I thought telepathically we were on the same page sometimes. So when I was looking at him about what I was thinking and he didn't, I thought for an instance, we lost our power. <laughs> oh, the, the problem is I, I, don't, I still don't think you guys saw my pattern that I was seeing. And so that's oh. what, yeah. That's what you were thinking. My thing is that this team, like San Francisco's lost to three bad teams, um, three straight, you know, losses. Eagles, same thing. Seahawks, same thing. Cowboys haven't even had two straight losses. So to say that the Cowboys aren't for real or they're frauds because of this loss, um, I I don't believe in. I think that we can completely bounce back. And I think that um, Dak has been very, very good after a, a bad game coming back and bouncing back and being very good. 
I want to shift this conversation, and we'll get back into the Dolphins stuff and matchups and all that stuff, but I want to shift it to is Dak still in that MVP conversation? Um, Tyreek Hill didn't play last week, um, as you guys mentioned. Um, Christian uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, long shot, even though he probably should be up there a little bit more. Brock Purdy had a good game, but, I mean, realistically, he threw three wide-open touchdown passes. Um, is If his team slides up against a very, very good Baltimore team here this week in a very good defense, um, and then Dak adversely goes in here and, and beats a good Dolphins team at their house and has a good game, I think that Dak can get back into that conversation. Where are you guys at, it, at on it? I, I, I think uh, Dak's like definitely took a shot here, but luckily no one else stepped up uh, outside of like you just mentioned, Purdy. And I don't know that it's really fair to not credit Purdy for his, for his, the work that he's doing out on the field, but there are a lot of ends attached to, to what he's doing. I think the real discussion there though, is uh, when CMC going to get some actual legitimate conversation about the way he's playing, because let's just say that the quarterbacks, none of them really break away. Well, there's a really obvious breakaway in terms of skill, uh, the skill players outside a quarterback. So, yeah. but anyways, back to the the original question. Yeah, it's it's really it's really um, possible, but that that comes back if he finishes off the rest of the season playing like he did in the previous games before Buffalo. Yeah, he's right back on schedule. Uh, it really just comes down to how the rest of the contenders play. Um, so yeah. not out, but I'm sure he's not in first place anymore. Well, I think. After this past weekend, I think CMC's name has. I think every, a lot of people have brought CMC's name as he. Everyone's saying the same thing. Oh, CMC should get it. Probably won't because he's a running back. But I mean, I think CMC right now is like the front contender for for the MVP. And then, if anything, because of the the stats and and where they're at, it would probably be Purdy. And then Dak is. I still thinks has a legitimate shot to crack that top three. And depending on how the rest of the season goes for both for for both of those like all three of those candidates i think dak's still a contender um didn't have a great game but it wasn't an abysmal game you know not like where people are saying josh allen's now mvp for the league it's like what where, how can you even bring that that yeah. that yeah like yeah. that's not even well not i even think that it, right now lamar is up there i think second mm -hmm. right now which is interesting because his numbers aren't great by any means like, compared to like his MVP season. Um, but if he, if he goes in there and uh, beats the, I don't know if they're home or away, but if he beats San Francisco, that's a big win on his resume. Oh, for um, sure. So that could help his MVP case as well. Um, I just, I mean, and, and even after that, I think that the, they end the, the Niners that being end on the Rams. Uh, this season, which aren't any pushover of a team either, they're they're gunning for a playoff spot as well. And yeah. I think that let's say that they lock up that one seed. Um, do they uh, um, rest Pull some starters and, yeah. and and drop one to the Rams? And and how does that affect Brock Purdy or or CMC's uh, MVP case? You know, who knows? So there's a whole lot of football to be played, and uh, it, it's going to come down to. Uh, what Dak can do in these last three games. We know that he's going to be good against the Lions because the Lions do not have a very good defense, and it's at home. I think he's going to be good against Washington. Really, it, it comes down to this week, in my opinion, for Dak. 
Yeah. And I think like this, because uh, Hill had to sit out for a week and the week prior to that, he barely played. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the boys are going to shut him down. Um, you know, I feel like his name has been completely taken, is going to be completely removed from from the conversation. I don't think he's going to hit the 2000 uh, mark, which I think would probably be that 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 kind of level that he would need to hit to 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 get that spot. But yeah, you bring up a very good point about Lamar Jackson as as a as a solid contender specifically if he can you know destroy uh destroy um San Fran property and San Fran this this weekend um another but, another hey, discussion heck, heck yeah Dak Prescott MVP baby QB1 in our hearts another discussion though, I wanted to bring game. up though is this like all pro how do you feel about Dak being an all pro if he's not it like whoever wins MVP is obviously going to be all pro and then how all pro works is there's only two spots for quarterbacks, regardless of conference. Um, Mahomes has had a down year. Josh Allen, sure he has the total touchdowns, but a lot of interceptions. Um I'm trying to think Lamar has had a good year overall, but I don't know if he has better numbers than Dak. I feel pretty good about Dak possibly being an all pro, if not uh first team all pro if he puts on some really good numbers in these last three weeks. Um, and then you're talking about possible all pros for the Cowboys is Dak Prescott, Tyler Smith, Zach Martin, C.D. Lamb, Deron Bland, Brandon Parsons, Brandon Aubrey. That's seven just right off the top of my head. So that's a very, very good showcase of all pro players, which is better than Pro Bowls um, if you know anything about all pro teams. But um, had to bring that little discussion up. So I think we're all on the same page. Dak, can, Dak is... Uh, not leading anymore, but he can get back into that discussion. I feel like is kind of where we're all leaning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and it, like it all comes down to like you know if Jalen Hurts goes around and stops losing the ball and maybe doesn't put up that many more passing touchdowns, but runs runs the ball in six times. I mean, he's probably pacing himself for uh, uh, to to take over that spot. It really it really depends on the exciting element that the football player brings to the team as well as producing quality stats for them as well but yeah i mean uh it's stacks to lose yeah that's the... um did you guys watch that game last night a chance no i watched the highlights of it yeah so i mean it, they really lost it on that last drive uh 92 yards to the seahawks um to go and take the lead uh with a uh I think it was like a 32-yard pass from uh, Drew Locke. You know, f- uh, front pylon, put it right there on JSN. Fingertip yep. grab, toe drag swag in the end zone. And then uh, they they forced Jalen Hurts into a bad throw. Um, I, I still don't understand his thought process there um, to make that that final interception. So he finishes the game, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Obviously has two rushing touchdowns. You got to bring that up. Yeah. Um, I, I I got that guy on Twitter, uh, some Eagles insider supposedly. He brings up uh, Jalen Hurts rushing stats like Jerry Jones uh, puts salt on his sausage McMuffin, bro. Like who um, cares about him? His like the, yeah. the rushing stats. You well, know? it's it's great when you also it's it's for, for no lack of quality line and. Uh, uh, quality wideouts and tight end uh, when Goddard's in. It's not like they're lacking in those departments, and this is why Jalen Hurts has to rush it in on the on the ground. 
and look, if he goes in and beats the Cowboys with four rushing touchdowns, all the crime and calling him a, a running back is not going to change the fact that, you know, he can um, cook up a recipe to beat teams. And they've done that. The Eagles have done that. But I just, I won't listen to like them saying, oh, um, to, to trying to not disc- disconnect the passing touchdowns the lack of passing touchdowns, right? Yeah. Just because he's getting a, a lot of rushing touchdowns, it's like for sure. But uh, yeah, cur- yeah, currently he has 19 uh, passing touchdowns yeah. to 12 interceptions. Yeah. Um, which is Terrible. not, yeah, not even two to one um, touchdown he's to interception got... ratio. So yeah, how many rushing touchdowns does he have? It's like, I think he has like 13. Um, primarily, I think nine or 10 of them are from like one yard out. So, um, those are tough ones because you should do those, but arguably another, another quarterback could get those say 50% of the time. And then another running back 80, 90% of the time, you know, that's my argument about it is it's like where you're getting those rushing touchdowns. Most teams are just handing it to their running back. So do we praise him for being good and doing that, or do we penalize him? I don't think you should penalize him because it's almost like it's like the same discussion as do you penalize uh, CD Lamb for working inside and out in the slot and outside as an X like for that versatility? No, you don't. You you say that he's good. He's good enough. That's a weapon. You use that, and so I don't want to penalize Jalen Hurts for that. But it's it's like I'm not going to praise you for doing what other teams just and snap the ball and hand it to their running back kind of a thing you know what i mean I, and I then if know. you and then if you if you you know accept that argument and then you move okay now let's look at what he delivers as as a you know even running even running midfield and not those uh, one yard uh pushes then looking at those stats uh you know Blah 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 blah. It, it it can become unfair because if you're going to do this and you're breaking it down to and you're going to be building up frames on every quarterback's aspect of their game to make an argument, sure that's fun and everything. I think that this has a, a lot of credence. This argument, but at the end of the year, I it's I could it, he would have to go. He would have to be so produ- uh, productive for me to say that uh, what he's doing is be- is a better MVP than Dak Prescott and yeah. what Dak Prescott's doing for the Cowboys. He's not he, even in my MVP discussion. There's yeah. no way. I, I did see an interesting stat, though, that Jalen Hurts uh, squats 600 pounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've so. never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, i never heard that one. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, look, we talked about it. Like, the MVP, you're, you're the most pivotal player on that team. You're the, you're the, the main reason why your team is winning these ball games, yeah. right? Like your big core reason. Uh, I don't and think that, Jalen is that reason. And that that's kind of the, the argument uh, for the Brock Purdy thing. Is he yes. the most valuable on his team or is Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams? Cause you took out Trent Williams and Samuel uh, Debo Samuel for two or three weeks and you lost all three of those games. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like how do you juggle the the between he's been really good the person but is he the most valuable to his team you know what i mean so, yes yeah, so uh tackles are going to be really hard to do but there is a you know how do you what stats are we looking at I'm, i know that they have a bunch of stats they're just it's a really hard thing to sell 
as a MVP. It should happen one year. That that would be great. With with um, you know, Debo, it really depends because he does have right. He does. I what I'm getting at is you need to be able to Im- be impacting a lot of plays on the field, and that's why a running back or a quarterback, of course, they're touching the ball so much that they can impact the game yeah. quite a. bit. It's difficult for a wide receiver to when they're, you know, maybe going to get the ball maximum twelve times in a game, and that's a really good game. But the impact, of course, it can come, but the quarterback is impacting the ball, you know, sometimes four or five times more than that, uh, running back three times more than that. So that's where it becomes hard for me to like look at look anything past um, a wide receiver. But Debo Samuel, if he wasn't injured. And he was playing like he is now with with how he is just being a kind of jack of all trades, essentially. That, that's really interesting. And I'd love to see someone like that. Um, but that's essentially is CMC light. Yeah. Except for except for Debo, obviously, uh, yeah. um, gets more passing yards. Well, I think that the, the Debo thing, I don't think Debo is the most valuable player on their team. I don't even think Trent Williams is. Right. I just think that um, you take out Debo in that hinders everything that they try to do because what they try to do is uh, make all of their guys interchangeable. Kyle Juszczyk can be used as a fullback or a tight end. Same thing with George Kittle. He can move to fullback or tight end. Christian McCaffrey can go wide receiver, running back. Ebo Samuel can go wide receiver, running back. So you take out one of those pieces from the operation and it really messes up what they do. And that's why their offense is so impressive as they figured out how to make it always a guessing game for the defense, regardless of who is on the field, um, because all of those guys can line up wherever. And so that's it's it's very hard to game plan against. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would argue the MVP for that team, or uh, it would be MVC, most valuable coach, because Kyle Shanahan dials things up. And yes, it's the players on the field doing it, but he is the mastermind behind the entire operation Without him, I don't know that it's that well-oiled and that explosive on the offensive side. That's my two cents, though. No, no, those are those are good points, and makes me wonder a little bit more about CMC, like if he would still be performing. But regardless, the guy is a is the number one on any well, team. I, I think, NBA. yeah, oh. I think he's the best on that team. I will give you that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. What did I want to talk about? Oh, NFC East. Um, we'll close with this. Uh, well, I guess we can talk about a little bit about the Dolphins as well. But um, the NFC East race, the cow or the uh, the Eagles play the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants um, to close out their last three games. So I want your guys' prediction on those, that record um, in the next three, and then the Cowboys they play um, the the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Commanders. What's your prediction for those? Well, I'll go on. I'll I'll start because I've already argued with somebody about this uh, yeah. today. I, I do think that we are gonna see a surprise Eagles, and I and I don't know if it'll be this next game or the last game, but they are. I feel like they're gonna lose once to the Giants. I think Tommy Cutlets is gonna he's gonna pull out that miracle win. He's gonna toss his DeVito, thing up. And they, baby, yeah, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets. He's 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 gonna he's gonna get some of that. Uh, some of that new, there's not a lot of tape on him. Who knows how he's going to operate? I think getting him in the slump, the best chance would be this upcoming game because I think there's, it feels like internally the Eagles are falling apart. So I think the Eagles are going to go 
uh, one more loss and then they'll win out on on two. So they're going to lose one more and they're and then they're going to win two. Two of the three on yeah. their next three, and then yeah. Cow- Cowboy Whites. I think we're winning out the the rest of the season. Mm. I wasn't expecting the Bills to be the loss game. I thought Detroit was going to be the game that we were going to lose. So not, but I'm still I'm still really? staying strong. I do, I just yeah. didn't. I I I never had Detroit is my game. I mean, they can score, but I feel like you got the Ring of Honor ceremony for yeah. Jimmy Johnson. And then no, and it's all, yeah, that's, that, but that's why I feel confident now that we're winning the next three. Yeah. AJ? Um, well, I do hope that it's a, a, a win against the Giants on the first game because if, if, they, if the Giants beat them, up, beat them on the third game, I'm inclined to believe that's because Eagles sat all their starters and they didn't need to. <laughs> like they right. didn't need to win that game. Um, but well, look, I think I, they have I, to, unless the Cowboys drop one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if it gets okay, okay, I got after you. week 18 and they lost, it'd be, be to the Giants. Like I hope that I hope it's the first one and not the second one, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, I I see I see a win for the Eagles, and it feels like it would be the next game. But the opponent is just so dog crap. Like, I mean, it, it's really hard to put money. I'd have to put my money on Arizona. Arizona is the sneaky one because yep. not only do they have their ex uh, DC and Jonathan Gannon as their head yep. coach, but they got Kyler Murray back, um, and he's kind of getting back into the the um, wheel of everything. Um, so uh, that one's an interesting one for me. And if they do lose that game, I think that actually you can drop one, um, and still have the tiebreaker just because of the uh common opponents so you would have to both, just beat... both of us losing both of us losing out to arizona is that what you're saying is that what you mean well no I, I you have to beat miami but after that i think that you can lose to the lions and be safe you have to beat the giants though i believe or the commanders which i mean uh, command i mean come on commanders is the most likely dub out of all three of these ones for us so yeah. um unless you know. we decide to sit a bunch of people <laughs> yeah well it, look, if the Eagles can't score more than twenty points, it's very li- more. It's likely that uh, Arizona can. Do you, I don't have the confidence that the Giants are going to be able to put up the giant. The the Eagles' defense is so bad, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see how much uh, how big of an impact yeah, uh, Matt Patricia makes to that defense. Truthfully, um, yeah. but I did want to go. So the first four. Or, AJ, go ahead and. Uh, uh, oh, I was just gonna like Tommy Cutlets could throw a, t- a late game touchdown, and Saquon could rush, you know, for 150 something yards and uh, a touchdown, or and and then get a field goal off that. So there is a chance that they could put up put up enough points and squeak out a win. Um, but if I was, if I was to have to guess, and that's what you asked us to do, it would be Arizona. I, w- I wouldn't yeah, mind. Too, though. I mean, people yeah. forget oh, this yeah. though is is Saquon Barkley is only on a one year contract. He's going to be playing for a contract, whether it's with the Giants or somebody else next year. Um, so you know that's not going to be a rollover game for Saquon. He's going to be fighting for that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that you know if you if you play to the strengths of what you guys do good, use the RPO game and. Uh, Danny DeVito or Danny Tommy DeVito. <laughs> uh Danny man I that that killed me to see him Danny DeVito uh, AI hey, am Tommy, in there uh Tommy DeVito uh he has good legs so if you utilize the RPO game um I think that you could beat the Eagles um but who knows is is it is it Giants at 
Philadelphia this I mean I, I don't think know it's but, at Philadelphia this week and right. they ended on the it, at Giants interesting to see what DeVito's family and his uh agent are going to be like at Lincoln uh at Lincoln Ooh. Field when they play yeah. having uh, the DeVito hopefully they're, in, hopefully they're in a box yeah <laughs> I mean hey come on they're there's some there's some hard roughnecked uh uh italians so they oh they, yeah they, well, they, that, that's what i'm saying like you're putting you're putting them into a melting pot chances oh, are they'll okay, probably lower they'll sit lower bowl so they won't get all those trash eagle fans kind of in their face but yeah that i'll be more interested to see what happens in the stand with the devito the, the devito family with that's his, the more interesting part of the game yeah, that's yeah. the fight that's the real fight right there yeah yeah that's that's what do you think about the cowboys oh yeah cowboys i mean just, it it comes really hard after this last game. Ooh, I don't like that. You're but, so confident. No, but again, I'm going to put a lot of it just on the weather and kind of just the mojo maybe of, of that whole thing. I think going into Miami, at least you take that factor away. I'm certainly less scared of Miami's defense. So I hope the offense plays better. Um, but then their concern is the defense, and if Mike Badania is going to run down our throat, I mean, it is it is lining up to be just an, another repeat. Uh, so if there is one more loss, I'm willing to take that. We're in the playoffs and yeah. uh, playoffs, and I think it would happen. Fr- it's it would happen against Miami if it's going to happen. Mm. Okay, so you're you're going for the three dubs, but if we do lose one, it's going to be Miami. Is what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that'd be the first time that the Cowboys have lost two straight all season. I um, know, but it it's the it's just that explosiveness. Like, I don't think that we've played back to back teams like this yet. And then you can even throw in Detroit as well. Yeah. Like Detroit can run it really well too. So Yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna get three teams in a row here. And at regardless of, of the record from this point on, it's just let's please see improvement on the defense if they happen to decide to run the ball down our throat again mm-hmm. at least let's cut that uh average yeah. yards i think <laughs> i mean I, don't quote me on this but i think that the cowboys already have the five seed locked up from how it's looking right now because the people that are in the running right now um to make the playoffs the rams the Vi- oh, so the vikings would be the only one so the rams and the seahawks though um we already have head to head wins against them we're already two two uh 10 wins so if we all finished out 10 and 7 cowboys lost out we would be better than both of those teams guaranteed because we have the head-to-head victories over those the vikings is the only one and and or the packers um so that would be interesting to see that um however i'm pretty sure that the cowboys could completely lose out and still be the five seed uh which isn't going to happen anyways because they're going to beat the washington redskins or Sorry, excuse me. Don't don't cancel me. Don't cancel me. Um, Cancelled yet, baby? Uh, Commanders. Uh, that's almost a guaranteed dub for me, in my opinion. But um, we'll see. I do want to jump quickly to the Dolphins game. Yeah. Um, we don't really get a breakdown it as much as I anticipated. I I don't know how time flew this fast. Um, but hey, beside the point, that flies when we're having fun here, boys. Exactly. Um, beside the beside the point. Um. The Dolphins, like I said, they have a really good running game. Um, you know what they can do on the outside with Jalen Waddle, with Tyree Kill. Um, they, I mean, they have other other weapons as well. I mean, they have a very good passing game and a very good running game. They complement each other. Um, their defense is suspect 
um, to say the least. I, I think that they have good players on defense, um, but overall I don't think that they're very, um, how do I put this? Like they're a good defense, they're just not elite. You know what I mean? They're not good at, they're not great at stopping them around. They're not great against the pass. They're not, they're just kind of middle of the pack for me. And so I think that we can exploit their defense. If it gets into a shootout though, can your defense get a stop like they did in the Seattle game? That's what my question is for you guys. Do you think that the Cowboys have that grit um, that, that they can sink in and, and, and into the mud and get a stop and figure out a way to come out of that um, Miami arena victorious if it comes down to you got to make a stop? Yeah, I'm mean, sorry. I was, I was, I was, I was gonna because I my alarm threw me off. Sorry. Oh yeah, we were going like I would answer first, and then you would answer first, and we were kind of going back. So it was your turn to answer first, but I'll take it then. Um, I I do believe that we're gonna we're gonna be able to stop Miami, as 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 solid as a uh, coach that Mike McDaniel's is, and the talent that we see on the offensive line, or not the offensive line, the offensive side of Miami's ball. That I do think our defense is still a solid defense team. Mm. Last game, not included. Um, I think coming off of last game is going to help this game, and our team's going to be upset with how they played. They need to prove this, that they need to reprove to everybody that we are for real. And I, and I do think that we're going to have that, that crucial moment where our team's, our defense is going to come up big because we have seen it multiple times this year already where our defense does their job, and then they put it back in the offense's hand. Do you have a, a, a score prediction? Uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I do, that said, I do think it's going to be a, a fairly high-scoring game. I feel, I feel it's going to be, um, ooh, I want to say 33-31. Mm. And that, that bodes well for uh, Dak's MVP candidacy. If it's a yeah. high-scoring game and he goes in there to their house and beats them, oh, I think that that pushes him back up into that, you know, the realm, and especially with what happens in that uh, San Fran versus Baltimore game. If that's like a defensive, like, grudge match or something like that, that takes Lamar and Brock Purdy kind of down a step. Um, you know, hey, hey, we'll see. Um, AJ? I actually was going to even say I was going to be a 40, in the 40s. Both teams were going to be in the 40s, but I, I tapered myself back. Sorry, AJ. Stand yeah. on, hey. You saw what DK did. I don't know how to do it exactly, but stand on that business, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, that. That's the one thing that I am worried about is like because of the speed of 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 the receivers. Are we going to see a, a Seattle two point oh and have mm -hmm. their their re receivers run all over us? I think we've we'll we'll have made those corrections like that. We're coming into this game knowing that that's going to happen, like knowing that the receivers. You know, DK just ended up coming out and having a game, and Geno Smith mm. was throwing like, yeah, like like an unreal quarterback. So, I think it was a little different circumstance in that area. They they, not that they went unprepared, but DK Metcalf is 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 a unit. So, sorry, yeah. AJ. No, I I I kind of agree with Adam's closeness here, but I I bumped it up a little just to add on some field goals. I think it's not going to be difficult. I I sorry. I don't think it's going, I would be surprised if Miami scored five touchdowns in this game, but I think the Cowboys out, uh, outscore them with the help of uh, awesome uh, or automatic Aubrey, not awesome, awesome Richards. Uh, <laughs> and it could be the tune to, to uh, it could be like uh, um, three 
um, field goals, or it could just be one field goal. But I think that it's going to be 37-35 Cowboys. And when do you think we can make the stops? And and do you think our defense is going to come up big uh, when when that moment uh, when that moment's needed? No, I think the I but I think the offense is going to roll a lot better, and that's going to help defense mm. seem seem better. But I don't think where we haven't done anything to solve the issues, so they're going to keep happening. Like I said, the only thing that's going to be different is the rain. If you take the rain away, I think Brandon Cooks touch it, catches that touchdown. I don't think Dak overthrows that big pass um uh, in the build game and that unravels a lot from that point on kai also brought up during that throw he was throwing it with the wind and that's why it kind of sailed a little bit more than oh i see so um the dolphins don't have a dome i'm pretty i'm i'm almost positive about that it's it's open yeah it's open it covers the i think it covers the fans uh and it's a grass field if you believe in the grass versus turf stuff so we will see. Um, if if I had a prediction for the game, I think that it's going to be a shootout as well. And I think that you're going to have to use a lot of motion. The Cowboys only used 44% uh, motion against the Buffalo Bills uh, last week. That was the second lowest since the 49ers game. In the 49ers game, we used 39%. Mm. Um, so that motion rate has to go way, 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 way up. Uh, I would run it, you know, 70-some percent of the time um against the uh, dolphins this week and i think cd lamb has to have a big game i think tony pollard is starting to get his feet under him a little bit more i expect a m- more utilization of tony pollard and i think that jake ferguson uh is gonna just completely go off on their linebackers and their safeties that try to cover them or him uh, I like Javon ha- uh, Holland, but I don't know that he's going to hang with uh, Jake Ferguson like that. I think that he's starting to get the recognition he deserves as a tight end, is one of the best in the league. If it wasn't for Sam Laporta, I would put him in there for the um, for uh, uh, a Pro Bowl this year. But, man, that kid has been really good for Detroit. Um, oh, yeah. And, I mean, you guys know we talked about him during the draft process. Yeah, yeah. He was oh, yeah. one of our favorite guys. Yeah, we talked. Um, we talked to him in the draft process, and AJ has him on his fantasy team, and he ran a train on me this weekend with Sam Laporta. Sam, I mean, he's he had Jared, and he had Jared Goff, and he had uh, uh, St. Brown. Brown. He had three of the like it was AJ, just those three players, and this uh-huh. was in a league in the play. He had he he had like two. It was like one hundred and ninety points, and I had fifty points at at one point. At, at one point, dang, it was also like three players. He just needed brutal. Jameer Gibbs on there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's funny because we always circle those Iowa uh, tight ends coming out of the draft, and we're like, this guy could be the next dude, and Sam Laporte has lived up to it, man. He's been a beast. Um, so interested to see what happens with the Detroit game. Um, that's going to be fun. But right now, um, I think you're going to have to win in a shootout. I'm going to go Cowboys 38, um, Dolphins 34. I don't know why I'm just going to put that down, man. And yeah. uh, a bold prediction for me, Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. C.D. Lamb, three touchdowns. My boy's going to go off and uh, put everybody on notice that he's one of the top wide receivers in the game. And uh, I, I do think that the the uh, defense gets home on a few uh, sacks and stuff like that. I just think that they're they're very good at uh, playing uh, behind the chains and making you know those big plays to get back. Um, where you want to be as an offense and drive down the field. So those are my predictions for that game. Um, I'm going to read through a little bit of chat, what they said real quick. 
Um, do you guys think that Slay is back for the Eagles next week? I don't. I think they're going to rest him uh, for the Giants game, just knowing that the Giants aren't an aerial attack. I think that they can afford to rest him another game. Um, Engineered Psycho, who's a first-time listener and, and came in here, I appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you for joining, and leave a like and subscribe to my channel if you like the, the uh, content. He says, all that matters is that we win against Detroit and Washington. Eagles will lose one of the New York Giant games, and we can lose one more since Eagles lost to the NFC team. Uh, we have a buffer as of now, prefer to lose the AFC game. Yeah, so uh, Engineer Psycho, if the if the uh, Eagles lose the Giants game, either of the Giants games, all the Cowboys have to do is finish with the same record and beat the Commanders uh, in order to have the tiebreaker because they will have a worse division record um, if they lose to the Giants. So it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter um, who we lose to, even if it is the Lions or the Miami Dolphins, wouldn't matter. Um uh, Ultra says uh, Cowboys have a problem um, facing teams that have a running quarterback, uh, not just a good running back, uh, which I don't know if I completely agree with because I don't really think Brock Purdy is that great at running the ball, but we got smashed by the 49ers. That is the chat, and I just appreciate you guys coming on late notice. Uh, I'll try to get a get more of a notice on next time. Um, oh, maybe. good. Happy, ha- happy, to be, happy to be on on your show. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this I like, is your guys' I like first time. I like yeah. being one of the boys in the zone. <laughs> hey, um, I will be in your guys' show, I think, for that Lions week. Um, Sweet. So that'll be fun, and I think I'm, I'm tuning in for, like, main event during the game and awesome. post-game, so uh, the yeah. trifecta right there. It's going to be fun. There we go. Um, if you guys are still in the chat and you do not follow these guys for whatever reason, um, go follow Cowboys Can Fan. Not only are they uh, super cool guys to just chill with, but they, they're like a halfway cowboy show halfway like comedy show they're always making me laugh when i'm chilling with them in the chat and uh whenever i get on the show with them it's always a great time so thank you guys for coming on um we'll have Thanks to do it, us. do it more often but uh you know off season where you know we're going to be grinding on that draft oh. stuff again and and getting oh, yeah. together a lot draft so. extravaganza baby you know it of course so thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you next week on tuesday peace 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 drag me if you got him yeah Forget what you got, none of them matters until you don't work from the top. I'm talking on style squad. They've been down with me for years, and none of them ask for squad. Squad, five, out of the gutter, don't stutter. I'm taking my shots. Bop, block, out the noise. Some others, my brothers and me, we going off. Bippity bop, talking that ish, I'ma empty my clip, my Google go pop. There goes another, I'm trembling for cover, then I'm taking off. We're not getting caught. Tired of violence, but you pushing buttons, and something is ticking me off. Stop, say it again, gonna regret it. I'm talking, but head of your body's gonna rot. If you do not know me, don't comment on my life Don't comment on my daughter, don't comment on my wife Me, I'm just a father, gotta hustle in the night Ski mask with a 45 like MJ, take a flight 